You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Hello and welcome to Security Unlocked, a new podcast from Microsoft where we unlock insights from the latest in news and research from across Microsoft's security engineering and operations teams. I'm Nick Fillingham. And I'm Natalia Gadilla. In each episode, we'll discuss the latest stories from Microsoft security, deep dive into the newest threat intel, research, and data science. And profile some of the fascinating people working on artificial intelligence in Microsoft security. And now, let's unlock the pod. Hello, listeners. Hello, Natalia. Welcome to episode 34 of Security Unlocked. Natalia, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And hello, everyone. On today's episode, we have principal threat researcher from the Mystic Group, Roberto Rodriguez, who is here to talk to us about Simuland, which is a new open source initiative uh, that Roberto uh, announced and discussed in a blog post from May the 20th, 2021. Natalia, you've got an overview here of Simuland. Can you give us the TLDR? Of course. So Simuland is, like you said, an an open source initiative at Microsoft that helps security researchers test real attack scenarios and determine the effectiveness of the detections in products such as Microsoft 365 Defender, Azure Defender, and Azure Sentinel with the intent of expanding it beyond those products in the future. And uh, Roberto, obviously, will will sort of expand upon that in the interview. Uh, One of the questions we asked Roberto is, how did this all begin? And it began with an email from someone in Roberto's team saying, hey, Roberto, could you write a blog post that sort of explains the steps needed to go and uh, deploy a lab environment that reproduces some of these techniques? And Roberto said, sure, and started writing. And he got to about page 80. Uh, He got 80 pages in and decided, you know what? I think I can probably turn this into a, a set of scripts or into a tool and that's sort of the kickoff of the Simuland project. There's obviously more to it than that, which Roberto will go into uh, in the interview. The other thing we learned, Natalia, is Roberto might have taken the crown as the busiest person in, in security. He certainly does. And uh, lucky us, we get to ask him questions about all of the open source projects that he's been working on. So we'll do a little bit of a harbor cruise through those projects in addition to Simuland in this episode. And with that, on with the pod. On with the pod. Welcome to the Security Unlocked podcast, Roberto Rodriguez. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, we'd uh, love to start with a quick intro. If you could tell the audience uh, about yourself, about your role at Microsoft, and and what does your day-to-day look like? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Roberto Rodriguez. Um, I'm a principal threat researcher for the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center, known as Mystic, and I'm part of the R&D team. And my day-to-day is very interesting. There's a lot of things going on. So my role primarily is to empower other security researchers in my organization to do, for example, some of their development of detections, performing research in general. So I tend to follow my day-to-day into uh, kind of like breaking it down into a couple of pieces, like the whole research methodology has several different steps. So what I do is I try to innovate in some of those steps in order to expedite the process, trying to maybe come up with some new tools that they could use. And at the same time, I like to 
dissect adversary tradecraft and then trying just to take that knowledge and then share it with others and trying to collaborate with other teams as well, not only in Mystic, but yeah, but across like other teams at Microsoft as well. Thank you for that. And today we're here to talk about one of the blogs you authored on the Microsoft Security blog, Simulant Understand Adversary Tradecraft and Improve Detection Strategies. So um, can we just start with defining Simulant? What is Simulant? Yep. So Simulant is an open source initiative. It's it's a project that started just as a blog post to talk about for example, an end-to-end scenario you know, where we can start mapping detections to it. So we decided to take that idea and start sharing more scenarios with the community, showing them a little bit how, for example, like a threat actor could go about and trying to compromise the specific you know, resources either in Azure or on-prem, and then try to map all that with some of the detections that we have, trying to validate detections and alerts from different products from like M365 Defender Security, Azure Defender, and of course, Azure Sentinel at the end, trying to trying to bring all those data sources together and then allow also not only people at Microsoft, but outside, right? Customers or people even trying to use trial licenses to understand the you know the power of all this technology together. Because usually, you know, when you start thinking about all these security products, we always try to picture them like as isolated products. So the idea is how we can start providing documentation to deploy lab environments, walk them through a whole scenario, map the, for example, attack behavior to detections, and then just showcase what you can do with, you know, with all these products. Um, that's kind of like the main idea. And of course, like, some of the output could be understanding you know, the adversary in general, trying to go deep beyond just alerts, because our goal also is not just to say, oh, this attack action happens, and then this alert triggers. The idea is to say, First, you know, let's validate those alerts. But then second, we want you to go through and analyze the additional data, the additional context that gets created in every single step, because at the same time, you know, it will be nice to see what people can come up with. You know, there's a lot of different data sets being showcased through this you know, type of lab environments that, you know, for example, we believe that there could be other use cases that you can create on the top of all that telemetry. So that's what we want to expose all that documentation that has helped us, for example, to do internal research. When I joined Microsoft, there was not much, so I would say from a lab environment that was fully documented to deploy and then just try to use it right away when there is an incident, for example, or just trying to do research in general. So my idea was, why can we share all this with the community and see if they could also benefit because we're using this also internally? I'd love to actually just quickly Look at the name. So Simuland, I'm assuming that's yeah. a, a portmanteau or is it is it an acronym? Tell me how you got to Simuland because I think that may actually also help you know, further yes. clarify what this is. <laughs> so yeah, Simuland, uh, so I believe you know, it comes first. Well, it has also some context around Spanish. Uh, so in Spanish, we say simulando or simulando. So simulando means simulating something. But at the okay. same time, I feel that Simuland, the idea was to say, deploy this environment, which could turn into a, let's say, like a land out there that it's it's primarily to simulate stuff and to start, you know, learning about adversary tradecraft. So it's kind of like the simu land, like the simulating land or the land of the simulation. And then also in Spanish, like simulando. So it has a couple of different meanings, but the the, the main one is this is the land where you can simulate something and then learn, you know, learn about that simulation in general. So 
that that was kind of like the thought that you know went behind it. Not probably too much, but uh, <laughs> that was the idea, and I think that people liked it, uh, and I think it just stayed with the project. So. And given that you're you're simulating sort of the threat space, is is this land that's being simulated? Is this your sort of sovereign uh, land to protect, or is this the is this the actual sort of the theater of cyber war? Like, what are you simulating here? You're simulating the attacker's environment. Are you simulating your environment? Are you simulating both? Yes, great question. So we're trying to primarily, of course, simulate let's say an organization that has, for example, like on-prem resources that are trying to connect to an Azure you know, cloud infrastructure, for example. So simulating that environment first, but then at the same time trying to execute some of those, for example, actions that a threat actor could take in order to compromise the environment. And of course, that could come with some of the tools that are used also by you know, known threat actors. We're trying to stay with public tools, so things that are already out there, things that have been also identified by a few threat reports out there as well. So we're trying to use what others also could use right away. You know, we don't want to, you know, of course, share code or applications that no one has seen ever out there. So the idea is to primarily simulate the full organization environment, like an example of of, what that environment would look like, but then at the same time use public tools to perform some actions in the environment. So as you said before, you're exposing a lab environment that you had been leveraging internally at Microsoft so the community can benefit from it. What was the community using before in order to either test these products or do further research? Sure. So I would say that there is a lot of different communities that were building Let's say, like, for example, some Active Directory environments, uh, trying to simulate the creation of different, you know, Windows endpoints um, on a specific domain. And then they were using a lot of open source tools. For example, like, you know, things such as Sysmon from a Windows perspective, like OS Query also in Windows, but then other platforms. But at the same time, what I wanted to do is why can we use that, which people are used to, trying to use open source tools or just open tools, and then at the same time trying to use, uh, for example, enterprise security controls or products in general. That type of uh, simulation of a full end-to-end scenario, I have not seen it before. I have seen, for example, some basic examples of one, let's say, um, you know, scenario from Microsoft Defender Evaluation Labs, for example. They have a service where you can simulate two to four computers with MDE, which is Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. Those scenarios existed, but there was nothing out there that could have everything in one place. So we're talking about Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, Identity, Microsoft Defender for Cloud Application Security, Azure Defender, and then on the top of that, Azure Sentinel Detections. All that together was not out there. Once again, there was just a couple of scenarios, lab environments that were touching a few things, but it was not covering the whole framework or the whole platform to test all these different detections, but at the same time, how you can work with everything at once, because that's also one of the goals of the project is we always hear, for example, once again, detections from one product only, but then there is a lot that you can do when you have one detection from MDE, one detection from Azure Sentinel, MDI, etc. All that additional context was not public yet before Simulant. So that's what I was trying to do is to bring all this in one place and, and, you know, bringing everything to the simulant. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a particular scenario, Roberto, that you can sort of walk us through that's sort of going to fully cover the gamut of what simulant can do? 
Yes, yes, definitely. So there is one scenario in there. We're trying to, to of course, you know, add more scenarios to this uh, platform. So the only one that we have in there is what I call golden SAML to, you know, still, for example, or forge a SAML token and then use that in order to, for example, modify Azure AD applications in order to then use those applications to access mail data, for example. So that's like one scenario. The, the main part is golden SAML. That scenario, for example, what we're trying to do with Simulan is to first make sure that we prepare whoever is using Simulan to understand what it is that you need before you even try to do anything, right? Because usually we try to jump directly to the simulation and trying to, let's say, attack an environment, but there is a lot of pieces that you need to happen before, right? So Simulan gives you what is called preparation. So in preparation, you understand all the licensing that you might need. Not every scenario needs uh, will need, let's say, an enterprise license. There's going to be a couple of scenarios where it's going to be simple, so not too much going on in there. But next step is how to deploy an environment. So once you take care of the licensing, once you take care of, for example, like what are the additional resources that you might need to stand up before you deploy a full environment? So now we can deploy it. We provide also Azure you know, Resource Manager templates, so ARM templates to let's say first document the environment as code and then be able just to deploy it with a few commands um, rather than trying to right, do everything manually, which is you know, time consuming and is too complex to, to figure out. The next step, once we have the environment, then we can start, for example, running a few actions. So if we go to Golden SAML, so Golden SAML starts with, let's, for example, use a compromise account that was the one handling the Active Directory Federation services, for example, in the organization on-prem, then we take that and then we start, for example, accessing the database where we can steal the certificate to sign tokens. Once we get that, then we can go through the whole scenario step by step. As we go executing every single action, we can start identifying detections, images of what it would look like on MDI, MDE, MCAS, Azure Sentinel, all the way to even show you some additional settings that you might need to potentially enable if you want to collect more telemetry. And then at the end, we just, you know, close the scenario with, you know, showing you what it is that you did. And then uh, at the same time, all the alerts that trigger all the telemetry that was available. And since we are sharing a full environment where everything is running, then you can just go back to the environment and go deeper, maybe do some forensics, maybe do some additional incident response actions. So that, that would be, I would say, the, the end-to-end thing with Simula and what you can do once you jump into the project. And so for users who've jumped into Simuland and gone through some of the scenarios, what is your intent for the users once they have these results? What's the use case for them? And how do you want them to interact with your team as well? How do you want the community to get involved? Yes, that's a great question. So initially, what we want, so people using Simuland is, once again, go beyond just the alerts. Because alerts is just one thing that will trigger. We're taking care of all that. So whoever is using, for example, the Microsoft 365 Defender products in general, you know, they are protected with all these detections, right? But my goal is for a researcher or a security analyst to go deeper into that telemetry once again around in a specific, uh, so around a specific alert, so that they can learn more about the adversary behavior in general. Usually we just see the alert and then we stop and then we just start the incident and then we pass it to somebody else. I want people to dive into the, you know, all this telemetry that is being collected and start 
putting together the whole adversary tradecraft, for example. Understanding the behavior to me is, is very important. There is a lot of different things that you can do with the telemetry already in Simulant. So that's just one of the goals. The second goal is to see if you're even ready for those type of you know, alerts. For example, like what do you do if you get all these four or five alerts in your environment? How do you respond to that? So this could also be part of our training exercise, for example. So there is a couple of things that you can do in there. Another scenario could be you know, exporting all the data that is being collected and then probably use it for some demos. Once again, also for some training focusing a lot on trying to understand and learn the adversary tradecraft. Like for me, that's very important once again, because we don't just want to learn about one specific indicator of compromise. We want to make sure that we're covering uh, scenarios that would allow us to you know, respond and understand techniques or at a tactic level. Um, and then from collaboration with us, I believe that you know one could be trying to give us some feedback and see what else we could do with these scenarios. There is a couple of people in the community, for example, that are sharing some cool detections on the top of the stuff that we already developed. There is a lot of detections being shared through Azure Sentinel GitHub, through M365 Advanced Queries GitHub, and there is people just building things on the top of that. So we would like to hear more of those scenarios and maybe include all those to Simulans so that we can make Simulan also a place where we can share those cool, those cool detections ideas that people might have. And that could be shared also with others using the environment. Everything, I would say, from a communication perspective happens through GitHub, through issues, anything that anybody would like to add or probably request any features, it would be nice. We had one person asking us about, can we add, for example, Microsoft Defender, so MDO, which is Microsoft Defender for Office 365, I think it is. And so those, you know, for example, products, something that I had not added yet. So that's something that is coming. So uh, that's the type of collaboration that I expect from the community as well. And what's on the roadmap for Simulant? What's next for evolving the project? Yeah, so Simulant has a couple of things that are coming out. So one is going to be automation. Automation from the execution of attacker actions. So right now, the deployment is automated. I would say say 90% of the deployment is automated. There is a few things that are kind of hard to automate right now. And it's just a simple, just like a few more clicks on the top of the deployment. But from the attacker's perspective, we wanted to make Simulant a project where you can walk someone through the whole process. Like These are the actions that take place in the whole simulation. And then you can start exploring one by one. So it's a very manual process to, to go through the Simulant labs, for example. So one thing that we wanted to do is to automate those steps, those attacker actions, because you know, we have, for example, a few people that are taking advantage of how modular Simulant is, that they do not want to deal with preparation and deployment. All they want to do is take the execution of the actions and then just plug them into their own environment because they say, I already have the same deployment, well, you know, a similar deployment with all the tools that you ask to be deployed. Why not can I just take the attacker actions and then just start learning or maybe do it in a schedule base, right? Like every Friday we execute a few scenarios. So that turned into a new project, which I'm going to be releasing in Black Hat 2021 in August. That project is called Cloud Katana. And that's a project where I will be using Azure functions to execute actions automatically. And then the other thing that we have for Simulant is data export 
So what I want to do also is share the data that gets generated after going through the whole simulant scenarios and then just give it to the community. Because I believe that we also have a few conversations with people from the community that say, you know what, I don't have the environment to deploy this. You know, for example, I don't have resources to, you know, learn about all, you know, all this. My company doesn't want to somehow, I don't know, uh, support these type of projects, right? And so a lot of things, you know, people are having some obstacles as well, right, to try to use these things. Even like having a subscription in Azure might be an obstacle or a constraint for a lot of people. So why not just give them the data with all the actions that were taken, all the alerts that were collected by Azure Sentinel, and then allow them to use, for example, plain Python code or PowerShell or Jupyter Notebooks on the top of that, like, you know, to analyze that data, build visualizations on the top. So we want to empower those that also, you know, might want to use it, but do not have the resources to do it. So that's also, you know, second thing in the, uh, in the list for Simulim. The other thing it's going to be, so we have a, have a lot of things going on, but <laughs> the, the other thing is going to be how can we provide a CICD pipeline for the deployment? That's critical because we want to make sure that people can plug this into, for example, like Azure DevOps, and then they can just have the environment running and they maybe, you know, bring the deployment down, you know, bring it up every week and then run a few scenarios, bring it down again. So we want to make sure that it's also flexible for those to, right, to work with. And what else? And I think that the last thing that we have would be trying to see if we can integrate more products from Microsoft and just, Share uh, more scenarios. We have two or three coming, uh, hopefully in the next couple of months. And it's going to be fun. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> Tell me how you built Simuland and then worked a full-time job in the Mystic <laughs> team. Was this actually a special project that you were assigned to? Or was this all extracurricular, <laughs> a little column A, a little column B? <laughs> yeah, so you know, once again, when I started right these uh, conversations, so I, I mentioned that my role is to also empower others and help to you know develop you know environments for research because I love to do research as well like dissecting you know, adversary tradecraft is pretty cool and then the question was just hey can you build this environment just a simple email and I was like yeah I can do that and I just to be honest it took me maybe a week or two to figure out the infrastructure and then it maybe took me uh, probably close to a month to write down the whole scenario and make sure that I have the PowerShell scripts that were actually working. So let's say probably two months it, it took me to do this. It was extra curriculum activities. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was definitely besides what I was doing already. Um, and it was fun. I mean, it was fun because you know, that's what I love to do. So my boss is super cool, you know, letting me do all this research and then allow me just to also spend some time and trying to get some feedback from also our internal team and other teams as well. So yeah, so it turned into just as a question, can you do this? And I love those questions. And if somebody says, can you do this? I was <laughs> like, I say yes, but then I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And that's the fun part of it. <laughs> before we before we sort of wrap up here, Roberto, are there any projects that you're working on right now or you're contributing to that you can you can talk about? Yeah, so I would say from an open thread research perspective, there's a project called you know Mordor. So Mordor is a project where I decided to, every time I execute or go through my research process and, and then let's say learn about a specific attack technique, um, I can collect the data and then I share those data sets through that project. So for you know, other people that would like to learn about those techniques, they can just access the data directly so you can learn about adversaries through the data. 
instead of trying to go through a whole process to like, you know, to emulate or simulate an adversary, which for a lot of people, it's, it's not that easy. So, you know, so for me, I wanted to find ways to expedite that process. Uh, so that project is something that I'm, you know, revamping uh, soon. So I'm, I'm collecting more data sets from the cloud. Most of my data sets were Windows-based. I have a couple of from Linux. I have some from AWS. But I wanted to get more from, you know, from Azure. So Simulan data sets are going to live in Mordor project. So you know, anything that you know, gets out of Simulan contributed directly to an open source project as well. So that's one of them. And the other one is Cloud Katana, which is the one that I talked about a couple minutes ago. So Cloud Katana, the automation of, of Simulan attack actions. That one I'm spending a, a lot of time to. Uh, that one will be released under Azure, but it's still going to be open source. So that's also something that we want to provide to the community to use. And let's say there is uh, all the projects to... Yes, I have another project. So this is a project called OSM, O-S-S-C-M. And OSM is a project that I started to document telemetry that I use during research. So I believe that a lot of people that want to dive into detections and start in the you know, defender world, they need to understand the data before they want to make the decisions of like building detections. So m- my goal with that project was to first document events that I use from different platforms. At the same time, I wanted to create a standardization, like common data model for data sets, which by the way, Azure Sentinel is building their common data models through this project OSIM. So it's also one of our interesting collaboration opportunities that we have. Uh, Azure Sentinel reaching out to the community and saying, hey, instead of us reinventing the wheel, can we explore your project, which is OSIM? And then the third part of OSIM is also a way to document, for example, you know, relationships that we identify in data. So when you want to build, for example, detections, most of the time you want to understand what events can I use to build a chain of events that could actually give me context around an attack behavior. So what we do is we explore the data, we identify relationships, and we just document them through that project. So that way somebody else could actually use it and understand what can they do with that telemetry. So OSIM, once again, you learn about the telemetry, you standardize your telemetry, and at the same time, we give you some ideas into what you can do with that telemetry to build detections. So that's another project. Last one would be... <laughs> well, last one would there's be another... More? Uh, yeah, so there's one more. <laughs> do you sleep, man? When do you sleep? <laughs> it, it's been hard, but I try to manage my time for sure and, and do that. But there is a, another project. It's private right now, but it's going to be public uh, soon. It's going to be through the Open Threat Research community as well. This project is a way to collaborate with, for example, researchers in the community that build offensive security tools or just tools to do, for example, you know, red teaming. They want to use those tools to perform certain actions in, in, in a specific environment. So we want to you know, collaborate and partner with them and start documenting those tools in a way that we can share with others in the community. So for example, me as a researcher, dissecting adversary tradecraft, like all, all the techniques and the behavior behind a specific tool or a specific technique. It takes time, like for me, like it would take probably a couple of weeks to dissect all the modules of one tool. So the goal is to, why don't we partner with the authors of those tools 
we document those uh, tools, and then we can start also sharing some potential ideas into how to detect those scenarios. That way, we you know we expedite the research, right? We do it, let's say, in a private setting with, with a lot of researchers from the community, and then we just distribute that that your knowledge across the world. So that way, we also help and expedite the whole process. So open through research, we have data. Now we have knowledge, we have infrastructure, and then we have a way to share it with the community. So it's like the whole kind of like the main parts of your you know research process, but we want to give it a community touch to the, you know you know to all this. And that's and that's it. So I have a couple more, but that's a, <laughs> that's kind of like another project that it's it's coming soon. So. I think we're going to have to let you go, Roberto, because you're just going to get back into these projects and start uh, submitting <laughs> some more contributions. But before we do that, I want to I want to circle back to Simuland. And again, for folks listening to Simuland, um, they're going to go read the blog post. We'll put the the link in the in the show notes. Tell me, what is your dream contribution? What is sort of the first scenario that you want sort of contributed back into this project? Or sort of where are you really hoping that the community will come and rally around either a particular scenario or some sort of other? Who is the person you, you want to be listening to this podcast right now and go like, oh, yeah, I can do that. What's that one thing you need or you're really looking for? Well, actually, two things. So one is the automation of, of the attacker actions. It would be a, a, a dream, I would say, because I'm, I'm building it on the top of Azure infrastructure, so it would be easier to plug in into your environments to kind of like you know, periodically do some testing and then map it to simulate scenarios. So you have like the full end-to-end, the, the environment, you have the labs, preparation, infrastructure as code, all the way to even automating those, um, you know, validation of analytics, for example. That, that That's one that even though it's something that it's been done in other places, I think the way how it's going to be done through through Azure Functions is going to be very, very interesting because we're going to have potentially not only attacker actions being automated, but we could maybe have some detections being automated on the top of that. So instead of releasing a tool that will only be used, let's say, to attack right, in a specific environment, we can use a tool that can do both to attack and defend the uh, the environment. So usually you see one or the other, one tool to attack or one tool to defend. The automation that I'm planning to, to release, which would be one of the dreams, is to be able to attack and defend automatically. And I think that that would link also very nicely with projects like Cyber Battle Sim. So that's also one of the dreams is how can we, uh, for example, document Simulan in a way that could help us create synthetic scenarios that Cyber Battle Sim can use and then drop an agent and then learn about the most efficient path to take. Because that's, you know, cyber battle sim, right? They uh, build environments, synthetic environments, to then, you know, teach an agent to take the most efficient path through like, you know, rewards and, and you know, all the stuff. So Simulan, the dream would be to connect also those projects. How, could, you, know, how you can have this nice process where you can, Simulan can provide the adversary tradecraft knowledge all the, for example, preconditions and all the, the context that is needed to create a cyber battle sim scenario and then improve a model to, for example, automate some of that execution of attacks. And then that model can then be used through Cloud Katana to then execute those paths automatically. And then at the end, you can have some detections on the top where you can apply a similar context because Simulan comes with the attack and detections. So we might find a way to create a data model where we could say, 
you know, uh, here's the attack, here are all the detections, so we can maybe build something also with Cyber Battle Sim the same way. And the other one, so the other dream, I guess, for me in Simulant would be, so, so I was talking to a few co-workers today about this, um, that it would be nice to maybe provide Simulant as a service for customers or also for you know people in the community. It would be nice to have a platform that people can just access and start learning about these, these tools, this these data, uh, necessarily not give somebody, of course, control to execute something. We take care of the execution, but then just expose all this telemetry in a way that is easier for those that you know, might not have the resources. I love to do things, to build things that would help others to, you know, to do more. So I think that that would be also one of the dreams is how can we just take Simulant and then just make it a service for, for, you know, for that community? That would be pretty cool. So if anybody is listening <laughs> and, and you know, would like to make that happen, it would be amazing to have Simulant as a service for those that don't have the resources, like schools, uh, you know, like just anybody in general, the community that, you know, would like to you know, learn more about this. Wow, Roberta, you're going to be busy. Yes. For anyone who <laughs> hasn't watched episode 26, we did discuss Cyber Battle Sim there. So if that piqued your interest, definitely check out that episode. And Roberta, as we wrap up here, are there any resources, Twitter handles that folks can follow to continue to watch your work or maybe join the threat research community? Yes, yes, yes. So my Twitter handle is CyberWarDog with the three and the zero. So instead of the E and the O. So CyberWarDog in Twitter. So there is what I share. Everything that I do is through there. Um, if you want to join the community, we would love to you know learn from you and collaborate. Go to the Twitter handle OTR. So O-T and then R underscore community. And then... There in the profile and description of the Twitter handle, you have a bit.ly link for the, uh, for the Discord invite. So the moment you join that Discord, all you have to do is just accept the code of conduct. We want to make sure that we're inclusive, which is you welcome everybody. And if you agree with that, just click the 100% emoji and then you have access to, <laughs> to <laughs> and then you have access to all these uh, channels where you can, you know, ask questions about open source projects. So that's the best way to collaborate. Awesome. Thank you. We'll definitely drop those links in the show notes. And thank you again for joining us on the show today, Roberto. Oh, thank you for having me. This was amazing. Um, I had never had the opportunity to talk about a lot of projects. Uh, usually it's like one project and then we'll see <laughs> when we talk about. So this has been nice. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And I hope to see you guys in an, another episode. We hope so too. Thanks, Roberto. Thank you. Well, we had a great time unlocking insights into security from research to artificial intelligence. Keep an eye out for our next episode. And don't forget to tweet us at MSFT Security or email us at securityunlocked at Microsoft.com with topics you'd like to hear on a future episode. Until then, stay safe. Stay secure. This week on the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Podcast, join us as we dig deep into the XZ backdoor with its finder, Andreas Freund, and senior security researcher, Thomas Rochia. Be sure to listen in and follow us at msthreatintelpodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.